Hey folks, welcome back to the podcast tonight. My lovely wife, Catherine Joy, and myself are going to be talking about giving constructive criticism to your spouse. Kind of a kind of a dicey situation, kind of a dicey subject, and we've kind of messed this up many times throughout our short marriage thus far. Uh, but I think we've learned from some of those mistakes, and so we're going to share some of the somewhat entertaining stories of how we've tried to constructively criticize our the other person and have we've been you know we've it's been successful and it's been harmful at different times as well and so we'll share those stories with you and uh, and then kind of some takeaways we have from them i hope you all are doing well and if you're new to this podcast katie and i would both love it if you're able to leave a rating or a review on itunes and let me tell you to to you folks that have left a rating or review we are so grateful to you. We appreciate that so much. It means so much to both Catherine and myself that you would take the time to leave kind words or to leave a rating. So thank you so much. And thank you to anybody that's going to leave a rating or review in the future. All right. Hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. stoked about tonight's setup because we're outside on the picnic table and it's actually light outside. It's only eight o'clock at night and usually we have to wait till we put all the kids to bed before we get to record the podcast. But tonight we just put Leon and Lucy, no, not Leon, Lewis and Lucy in the trailer and kept Leon out here with us. We'll see if we regret that. We put them to sleep in the trailer. Yeah. Like in their beds. Yeah, we put them to sleep. We just didn't like shove them in the trailer and shut the door real quick. <laughs> yeah, that's, that definitely didn't happen. But the thing is, is Lewis and Lucy are at the stage that because Lucy's like on the top bunk, she doesn't know how to get down. And Lewis can't get out of his pack and play. So Leon's kind of the wild card and he's the reason why we sit in the trailer until they go to bed. Yes. So it's pretty sweet because those two little guys went to bed like in minutes and we were just able to come out here and not wait until like 10 at night <laughs> to yeah. record this. It does feel way earlier than we usually record, which is nice. Yeah, because our, our usual evening routine is we put the kids to bed maybe around 830 mm-hmm. and then either Katie or myself have to sit in there until they're all asleep, which is it sometimes takes like an hour or longer. Yeah, well, I feel like Lucy and Leanne kind of like they keep each other riled feed up. off each other yeah. so i'm hoping tonight leon's just able to sneak in there after they're asleep and go right to bed that would be we nice. might have a new like summer routine yeah and there might be some extra background noise on this episode because the birds are still chirping the wind <laughs> is blowing slightly uh so if you hear any of those things just it's like you're here with us sitting out in nature <laughs> that's a good way to put it definitely not in any soundproof room so t- we're talking about criticism and criticizing specifically your spouse constructively constructively sometimes it's hard to break down what that word constructive means but i think 
the whole idea is doing it in such a way that it actually helps your marriage and helps your spouse. I was going to say spartner. Your spouse and your partner. Your spartner. And helps your relationship instead of hurting or damaging those things. I think that this is a really good skill to learn. uh, And it's something that I want to continue to work on because... The fact is, is that when you join in holy matrimony with somebody, you're signing up for this lifelong journey and you want to grow over your lifetime. And you, and I know that for me, even though it's my heart's desire to grow, there are times where I'm far more open to constructive criticisms than other times. And I'm sure it's the same for you, Katie. Mm -hmm. That said, overall, big picture, I want to be open to constructive criticism. And I'm also aware of the fact that you're go- you're going to see into my life and you're going to see shortcomings or areas of my life that you know I can improve upon far better than I can or far better than actually anybody else. And I want to capitalize off of that. Like I want to take advantage of the fact that you care more about my growth, you care more about me than anybody else, and you've got more, better insight than anybody else. I think that's a really great opportunity for growth. I love your teachable heart, Elisha. And that's one thing that I've always loved about you is that you always want to learn and grow. And I've had other people that I, like, I've heard people that I don't respect very much criticize Elisha. And he is always cautious and thinks about it and thinks what he can take away from it. And I just have always really admired that because it'd be really easy to say, what, who's this coming from? I'm just going to throw it out. <laughs> so I really admired that. But it's such a tricky situation to be in with a spouse. Cause like you mm. said, you know, your spouse better than anyone else. Yeah. Elisha knows me better than anyone else, but I'm also more vulnerable with yes. him than anyone else. And if he's constantly criticizing me or if a wife is constantly criticizing her husband, then that doesn't make you want to be open and vulnerable no. and show all the weaknesses you have or the insecurities. And you, you want to be unconditionally loved in a marriage. Mm. And over the years, if you're constantly just criticizing your spouse, you're bound to have like some bitterness build up or that person just want to get away from you. Wow. So it is a touchy, you're right. Touchy line. Cause you need to be able to obviously share Yes. Your, what's on your heart. If like your spouse is doing something that bothers you or has a big weakness that yeah. could be. I improved. think that's, that's so good, Katie. Cause like you said, you want to trust in your spouse's unconditional love for you mm-hmm. and you want to have unconditional love for your spouse you want to build your marriage on that not on the potential your spouse has or who mm-hmm. they might become someday or how they make you feel you know and just kind of a wishy-washy feelings-based love you want it to be in this unconditional love that's founded on a commitment you know this biblical commitment to love your spouse yeah my mom had this statement or has said this piece of advice over and over and over in my life. And I think she heard it from her mom. And that is, you don't want to be the Holy Spirit in your husband's life. Hmm. We've said that before in this podcast, but I think this is another area. We don't want to be our husband's teacher, his mom, his conscience, the Holy Spirit, yeah. his conscience. Yeah. Like as a wife, we're supposed to be a help in the Bible, his lover, his friend, his companion. And so it's really important. We don't think because I've, I've seen some marriages, and I think it can be easy to fall into this rut, where they go, oh, well, I'm I'm making them a better person. Hmm. You know, I'm making my spouse a better person. And it's like, well, do they like that, or do they just want to, like, run and hide from you? Yes, yeah, that's, that's so good. And I think the Holy Spirit can use your spouse to refine you. The yeah. Holy Spirit can use your spouse to kind of prick your conscience, mm-hmm. so to speak. But you don't want to be or try to be the Holy Spirit in your spouse's life. You don't want to try to be the conscience in your spouse's life. Yeah. And I think there's a big difference. Yeah. Just make sure your spouse still likes you. <laughs> That's <laughs> the goal. It's going to make your life. This is what I've 
come back to over and over and over. When Elisha and I are in love and we like each other so much, there's so much grace in Mm. our marriage and there's so much fun in our marriage. And there are certain things that I'm just like, you know what, if Elisha does this till the day he dies, I would way rather just love our marriage Mm. than try to fix or change this part of him. Mm. Because I fell in love with him this way. And I know that we can have an incredible life with him exactly how he is. Wow, that's I awesome. hope you feel that way. Oh, of course, me. I feel that way. Maybe there's of course, like some I feel that way. Well, yeah, because to... actually, what I was going to say earlier is, you know, when mm-hmm. when you you want to trust in your spouse's you know unconditional love for you, but also, I think of how much I love you. I also want to grow for you. You know, mm-hmm. I do love you unconditionally, and I know you love me unconditionally. But I look at it as just an awesome opportunity to show you more and more how much I do care about you and how much I do love you uh, by being open to growth. This isn't it's not coming from a place of insecurity and trying to earn your spouse's love. It's coming from a place of feeling loved and having love for the other person and wanting to grow and mature and serve them better and better. We've talked about this before, too, but different people grow different ways. So you want your spouse to have the desire to grow because that's when they're going to grow. If Mm. Elisha's feeling this desire to grow for me, he's going to be so motivated. Or if he wants to grow for himself or grow in his relationship with the Lord or for our kids. And it's the same way for me. And often this comes in the form of affirming what you like uh, what you like to see in your spouse hmm. instead of criticizing what you don't like hmm. and so it's kind of doing a little reverse psychology here and if you know your spouse always your husband always leaves the toilet seat up and one time he forgets and he just maybe goes when it's down or leaves it down and you say oh my word that meant so much to me i noticed the toilet seat was down thank you so much <laughs> your husband's gonna be like Oh, that means a lot to her. I should do that. (laughs) You know, so just if you keep an eye out for the most minute positive thing your spouse is doing and affirm it, just like jump on that. It's a big motivator. And it can be a bigger motivator than criticism. Yes. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, I think you, obviously there's a time and place for criticism. You, def, you definitely want criticism to be kind of one of the last resorts. You want to try to build your spouse up, encourage them, maybe mm-hmm. in some areas that you would like to see growth or that you see great growth in. Uh, like you said, why not drop some hints? You know, mm-hmm. the whole hint thing. It's funny yeah. to make fun of those types of things, and it's, we can joke about it. But in reality, it can serve a really good purpose. I think that I've caught hints from you, and I think you've caught hints from me yeah I don't think of it though as like a hint like I never feel like when you compliment me for something that you like Mm -hmm. as like oh he's just trying to make me do that more you know I genuinely think wow he appreciated that I should do that more I know (laughs) I don't do it that often you know yeah yeah I I don't know do you feel like it's kind of like subversive no I don't think so I think that I think that it serves the purpose, and I and like it, that's it's fun to receive for me, especially being a words of affirmation guy. Mm-hmm. It's always fun for me to receive praise and encouragement from you, and so even if I feel like it might be there might be some ulterior motives behind <laughs> it, I'm still stoked about it. <laughs> yeah, it still makes you. It's still you just receive it differently. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially if you're in a good place with your spouse. Maybe if you're like on really rocky terms with your spouse. Most things aren't going to go over well at that point. Yeah. Well, that's actually kind of the first point that I wrote down on, mm-hmm. you know, addressing constructive criticism with your spouse is trying to be very aware of where you're at in your bank account. You know, we, Katie and I use that terminology. How's our bank account doing? How much, you know, is there, can we afford a withdrawal right now, you know, mm-hmm. from one another? And because the fact is that there are times that you're being 
put put into and you're being fulfilled and there are times where it really feels like you're giving and you're being taken from and when you feel like your marriage is full like you've got a pretty solid bank account that's such a great time to graciously say hey you know I, I just love our marriage right now I love where we're going but something that I've kind of you know noticed on a consistent basis mm-hmm. is fill in the blank I know that this isn't your intent I know you're not trying to you know, annoy me in this area, but I thought I'd bring it to your attention and and hear what your thoughts are on that. Uh, And that sounds so good and easy, you know, in theory, but it's true that when your bank account is filled up and your emotional bank account or your love tank is full, so to speak, then there's this room for, there's the room for that. There's that margin for a withdrawal because that it is a withdrawal Mm -hmm. when you give constructive criticism to your spouse and i think you need to view it that way yeah if you're just withdrawing 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 it's it's gonna you're gonna be bankrupt like your relationship is going to be bankrupt and it's funny because the first point i put down too is timing is everything it's timing is everything in the season of life in the actual moment like if your spouse is getting hammered at work if he's feeling like a failure if he's feeling like a failure maybe in different relationships you don't you don't want to make him feel like a failure in your marriage Mm. even if in that moment he is Mm. or you know in, in the same way with me like if i'm just feeling like really down as a mom mm-hmm. and as a friend and I'm not already feeling like a very good wife if Elisha comes to me and tells me something he doesn't like about me in that moment it's just going to crush my spirit wow so yeah. and like you said that time of vulnerability it's mm-hmm. such an opportunity to be your spouse's safe place mm-hmm. I think of the different times over our four years of marriage where work has been a struggle for me or I've felt insecure in maybe my provision for our family or I've felt challenges at church within our church or as a parent but when I can come to you and you build me up and I feel like you're my safe place it it like that's that just grows our marriage and it bonds us more and more and closer and closer together however if I'm feeling this insecurity out in the workplace or you know in my local body of believers and I'm struggling with some things and you don't feel like your marriage is a safe place and you don't feel like it's a place of strength, then that really just tears you down as a person. And you're going to start, you know, unfortunately, to build up those walls of trying to protect your emotions and trying to protect your confidence. Yeah, the last thing we want in marriage is walls. Yes. We want that complete unity, that complete oneness, that complete vulnerability, because that's when we could really have a marriage that is how God intended it, mm. ultimately being being one flesh. And so we want to avoid those walls as often as possible. I know that there are things that I have said, and I've seen it, where I have said something to Elisha, and I can literally, like, imagine the wall being built up. <laughs> it's just yeah. like... I'm not going to go there. And it's it's not that a wall never comes down because they do, but it takes, yeah. you have to earn that trust back and it takes a long time. But your spouse has sensitivities that you don't. Hmm. And so, like you were saying, like with a guy, maybe it is more provisional or a guy's ego, I feel like, is more sensitive than a woman's. Hmm. Whatever, you know. I, I agree. Ego <laughs> means. Yeah. So things maybe around his manhood or decision making, mm. stuff like that. Yeah, leadership. His leadership. leadership yeah. Critiquing that. We just have to tread so lightly and so cautiously and really pick a good time and just give so much thought to it. And I know that I have insecurities and things that you have to be so cautious about around me. Hmm. And sometimes you're kind of like in a bull in the china closet till you start to pick up like, oh, 
this isn't a big deal to me, but every time I bring this up, it like sets off a crazy, like a way bigger reaction than I anticipated. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel that way with some things with me? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I feel like we were just talking about this in the car. It's that whole learning to live with the opposite sex. It's, it's, it is kind of blown my mind a little bit, even though I grew up with a great parents that had a great marriage and you'd hear about how, you know, guys think one way and, you know, whatever men are from Mars and women are from Jupiter, Jupiter or something, <laughs> or, you know, what's Learned the love and respect school? book? Like men think blue and women think pink or yeah. something. And I'd hear all these things and I believed it, but then to experience it, it's kind of blown my mind a little bit to see how I can say something that to me is not a big deal. And all of a sudden it is a big deal to you. And I'm like, no way, that's a big deal, huh? And vice mm-hmm. versa, you say something that you're not trying to you know mean as a as a dig or as a big deal and i take Mm -hmm. it that way and so but absolutely that's the case it's just you really have to learn your not only the opposite sex but your spouse as an individual but i can think of some specific scenarios and i think of it might have been one of the first times i tried to thoughtfully what you know critique you or criticize you and it was when you were in your first trimester with our first child leon And we were at a conference for one of the businesses that we do down in Southern California. And Katie gets pretty serious morning sickness with, she's gotten it with all of her children in the first trimester. And so you were very sick, very nauseous. Mm -hmm. And I was aware of this, but yet I felt like you were being extremely uh, naggy and kind of whiny the yeah. whole time. Okay, so we're we're road tripping with a bunch of people, some of which massively get on my nerve, and I am sick like all day. And this road trip's like what twenty hours, yeah, sixteen hours, like that. Yeah. I don't know, a really long road trip. And then this whole conference, we're either socializing with people, which mm-hmm. is not fun to do when you're sick, like right. all day. And I, I'm saying like I lost ten pounds my first trimester. Yeah, like she was throwing I up just multiple throw times up, a day, like, all the time. Yeah. And this is the first time all this is happening. So I don't know if there's an end in sight or anything. And I remember we went to this restaurant and I asked just for beans and rice because that was all I thought I could stomach. And the lady gave me like cactus and I was like grumping about it. And I can totally see how I was just totally whining the whole time. You used the word whining. Is that what I said? When you, yeah. Yeah. Because basically. you trying to be thoughtful when you said that? <laughs> oh, man. Ouch. I was. Because I can remember it was it was frustrating me and definitely getting on my nerve most of the day. And again, like, how could I even let that get on my nerve? You were sick and pregnant well, with our first child. Uh, but we were driving back to the place that we were staying and we had dropped everybody else off at their hotel. And it was late at this point. You know, it was like past midnight and we were driving back to our place that we were staying. And I think I asked you a question about if you needed food. I think you were hungry and, and I said, well, do you want to go to this place? And you're kind of like, no, or whatever, you know, you said something like that. And I was like, Katie, I just really feel like the only way you're communicating right now is in a whiny tone. Is there any way that you could just change the tone? in which you're communicating with me. Well, <laughs> you just said, I just feel like you're being really whiny. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. It was super convicting, though, because, of course, I was, like, defensive and, like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm sick and this is hard and whatever. But, like, it was really convicting and that I was. I can change the way my tone and the way I communicate. And I don't know. That's even convicting now. You well, know? it's convicting for me. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that was like, you such. you can be uncomfortable and not just, mm, and do this, do that, and I hate it. You know, like your well, attitude, you can, you don't have to have a bad attitude just because you're feeling bad. 
Sure. And I mean, that's admirable of you to say that. And it's, I'm grateful that you say that, but it is embarrassing for me to look back and think of what I will, to remember what I was thinking over that time. And basically, deep down, I'm thinking, okay, I know she's nauseous. I know she's in her first trimester. She's driving me nuts. (laughs) (laughs) I think this, like, comes to approaching the conversation with the same kindness or openness or attitude that you hope to receive in return. Elisha was so gracious in the way he was approaching it. It wasn't like in the heat of a moment where I was, like, placing an order somewhere. And he's like, you are so pick and annoying. Like, what is going on? Like, stop whining. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't say it like that. He was, I could tell he was tiptoeing, even though his words were kind of, like, abrupt. I can tell he was nervous saying them. And so it's really hard to, like, blow up even though I was like defensive and stuff like that, because he was so calm in his tone. Hmm. And I think if in the heat of the moment, we think I'm going to give some constructive criticism right <laughs> now. Like if you're going to blame someone, expect them to blame you right back. Hmm. If you're going to be aggressive towards someone, expect them to be aggressive back. So approach the situation with that same tone that you want to receive. Well, wow, that's and so the same good. Attitude. That you can take that into so many different scenarios in life. I think that's really good, Katie. Just just in thinking about the tone that you're going to critique somebody with. Yeah. Something else I think of is, I don't know where I heard this, but I've heard it a lot. And that's, don't ever address the person's character. Hmm. And I think that when you say something about a person, that sticks with them. Hmm. And you can repeat, like, I don't know if you guys can think of things you've been directly told that have been hurtful, but you can remember those like 20 years later. Yeah, you can take crazy. them with you your whole life. Yeah. And so don't speak something. I guess I want to be careful that I'm not speaking something into Elisha's life that I don't want there right. and that I don't want him thinking of me because it's almost like you're affirming this negative trait by saying they are that. Mm-hmm. Like, don't expect them to change. Yes. So... I mean, an example of this is maybe like, okay, this isn't Elisha, okay? Because Elisha's not a lazy person at all. But instead of saying, you're lazy, you know, to your spouse because he's like dropping the clothes on the floor or something. Instead of saying, you're lazy, I think it's helpful to address your feelings and how, like, what you need in the situation. So be like, hey, like, when you drop your clothes on the floor, it makes me feel like you don't value the effort I'm putting into a clean house. Hmm. And so you're showing the person, you're showing your spouse how it's making you feel and Mm. what you need from the situation. And like, I'd really appreciate it if you'd put your clothes away because that just makes me feel more respected or, you know, more thought of. But if you're saying you're lazy, then what's that going to do? That's going to just raise this defensiveness, this protectiveness. Walls are going to go up instead of this. Oh, I can really help out my wife right now. Right. Yeah, and like you said, when you make a huge statement that is a, an attack on somebody's character, there's the potential for that to just really take root and for it to be the track that they go to replay in those moments of insecurity or in those moments of fear within, mm-hmm. which are going to happen you know, throughout a marriage. There's going to be those moments of insecurity and fear. And when you've got that track to reference and play it over and over and over in your brain, that's really detrimental. So you want to have as few of those as possible. I am so grateful. Elisha, you've never said anything about my character Hmm. that has been negative. And so when I have insecure moments, like, and I know things that you've, you know, approached me on and said, hey, I think you could do better in this area, whether it's homemaking or focusing on the kids or not being distracted on my phone or not making work a priority, things that you've addressed in my life, you've never said point blank statements about who I am as a woman or who Mm. I am as a mom or a wife and 
that makes it so easy to when I go to those places feel like and I am feeling insecure to feel like well Elisha has my back and I know like we really want this together mm-hmm. I never think oh Elisha thinks you know I'm always going to be a bad wife hmm. or a bad mom or yeah. you know yeah so I think that it just really really matters yes how you frame the conversation I'm giving examples of Elisha because you said that I should give examples oh, of things. Yeah, those are really good examples. I know I'm grateful. You know, you even talked about the, you know, the lazy thing. But I can remember there was a time maybe within this last year, it might have been like eight or nine months ago, because I think we were at the apartment that we were at before we came up here to the trailer. Mm-hmm. And I was on this string like multiple weeks in a row of not waking up when my alarm went off. And mm-hmm. so I was waking up later than what I was hoping to and later than what I said I was going to and then kind of rushing, taking a quick shower, you know, grabbing breakfast and heading out the door to work. And I kept basically saying, oh, I'm going to get up tomorrow earlier. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. And and then was contis- consistently not doing it, just sleeping through my alarm and sleeping kind of like until the last possible moment and then getting going. And of course, this is you had plenty of reason to be extremely upset at me because I wasn't as helpful with the kids in the morning, you know, as opposed to when I would get up earlier and I'd help you with make breakfast, help you get the kids up. And then I'd kind of get my day going. Mm -hmm. And so you were really feeling the lack of my uh, participation during that season. But instead of attacking me and saying, you're like, you're so lazy. You never follow through with what you say you're going to do. Cause you could have said something like that in the heat of the moment in your frustration. And it would have been true to that moment. Well, yeah. And that wouldn't have been true of you though. And I think that's what's really cool that you distinguish that because you could have felt justified in in saying those things about me in the moment. But instead, I can remember this so so clearly. You said, hey, you've said multiple weeks in a row now that you're going to be getting up. Do we need to change our expectation? Is there, do we need to be getting to bed earlier? Is there something that I can do to help you follow through with this commitment? Because I know that you are a man of your word mm-hmm. and you follow through with your commitments. But this seems to be an area that you're consistently you know, falling short in and you approached it as like, you're my teammate. You're in this with me. And you did, I remember you did say it does make my mornings far more challenging when you don't get up. So you mm-hmm. had your personal, you know, I guess motivation to mm-hmm. see me follow through with this commitment. Uh, but you also approached it as my teammate. I remember that blessed me so much because the fact was, is I was already feeling that guilt or shame or I guess kind of, uh, regret of not following through with my word and waking up when I said I was going to you, you're anybody's going to feel that when yeah. you don't follow through with your word so the, the what well, it would have been detrimental to my confidence and to my I guess you know openness with you if you attacked my character or attacked me as a person in that situation but instead you kind of addressed the problem and then wanted to work with me on a solution and that really blessed me I'm so grateful I feel the same way with you with say like this is a pattern of behavior for me that when I get excited about anything I tend to let our house collapse like or cooking collapse mainly cooking and then the house <laughs> it, gets, it goes in both orders actually and I know that it means so much to Elisha to have a clean space and I know it ministers to him so much when there's food on the table he's so gracious he'll go for weeks without saying anything and I'm 
already beating myself up Hmm. saying, Katie, like you need to get on top of this. You need to get on top of this. But sometimes that's not enough. Hmm. Like, even though I know it, I keep giving myself grace. Like, okay, it was a busy day. I'll get on it tomorrow. Instead of like elevating that to priority. Sometimes it takes Elisha saying, Hey Katie, you know, I know this is a big priority to you. I know you have a ton going on right now. You know, is there any way I can support you in coming up with systems to stay on top of the house and just keep it cleaner? Or can I take the kids when I come home? Or could I take them in the morning? Like, what would work for you? Would it be helpful if I got you a babysitter? You know, are you overwhelmed? And with him approaching this from a not dude, the house is never clean when I come home. It's a disaster (laughs) perspective. I feel like he wants this and he wants it enough to be my teammate in getting there. Hmm. And this is in like so many different scenarios. Elisha's done this, but this is just one that I feel like is an area that I've constantly fallen short in and an area that I constantly beat myself up about. So it means a lot the way that he frames the conversation and frames it in a positive way. Good. I mean, I'm glad that you you take it that way. I, I it's it's one of these things where I genuinely, I I'm not trying to make myself tread lightly. I just want to tread lightly because I know that I don't know a, a quarter or a one sixteenth of what you do in a day and how much work it is. And so when I see something that you know might bless me if it was there or something that I notice is missing, I'm like, okay. I this might be the most outrageous comment to make based off of what she's been going through, you know, over the yeah. last couple of weeks. But that said, I still want to bring it, let her know that I do care about this thing, so that yeah, we can at least work towards it can getting there. Lead to bitterness if you're never letting your spouse know something that you care about, and I think this can be especially uh, when it comes to children being dressed, a spouse being dressed, domestic support. These are really difficult issues for a man to approach his wife on. And because it's really hard for us women to receive, it's really close to our identity. And sometimes we feel really burnt out and we Hmm. feel really fried and spread super thin. And so if our husband's coming home and asking more of us in this area, we snap Hmm. and it's like, you do the dishes, you know, when you wipe your own kids' faces. And that's not the appropriate response to have, but it means so much when a husband can come in like Elisha has always done with me and do it in such a gracious way in a way that I feel so supported where he's like, hey, can I get you a free day? You know, I just feel like everything's kind of running down around here. You seem really run down. Can I take the kids so you can get refreshed? <laughs> you know, <laughs> he, he might have an ulterior motive again, but I feel like, oh, he's noticing that I'm really burnt out, hmm. you know, not, not just coming in and demanding more from me. Hmm. And sometimes... Though we need that criticism. It's like, you know what? Your priorities aren't in the right space. Hmm. You're on your phone five hours a day and you somehow can't get everything done. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, I think it's easier to woman to woman to say that. But it's yeah. a really tricky situation that our husbands are in. So I think just saying this for the wives out there, be gracious if your husband approaches you about these things. Definitely let him know your heart and like maybe you're overwhelmed or frazzled. But know that like... He has just, I think sometimes we as women feel like we have room to criticize our husbands, but they cannot touch us with a 10 foot pole when it comes to criticizing us Hmm. constructively or otherwise. Hmm. So just be as open with your husband as you would want him to be with you. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. And you know, we've shared a few stories about (laughs) as, as 
I don't I think these are stories of like how we've graciously criticized the other one. That's not like our whole history. That's for sure. And what's no. great is that I would say that Lord, like I'm so grateful to the Lord that neither one of us have attacked the other person's character or attacked mm-hmm. the other person in an area that can lead to big hurt. You know, like mm-hmm. you said, an area that's closely attached to your identity. Um, but we, you know, there's areas that are a little bit more superficial or a little bit more, you know, you might say lighthearted that you can kind of address in the moments. You oh, never totally. want to be disrespectful to your spouse. You never you don't want to be loving. But yeah. there are some times where you can just in the moment say, hey, like that annoys me when you run yellow lights. You know, Katie says that has said oh, that to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like stop running when the light's yellow. I'd prefer it if you stopped. Like that doesn't that doesn't attack my character. Well, that doesn't like bug me that much. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Again, so now Elisha's so sweet. Every time we go up to yellow light, he goes flying up to it like he's going to go through it. Then he slams well, the brake and no, we all just go slam. Not like, on purpose because I forget <laughs> until the last and minute. And every time Elisha's like, like, I am so sorry. I'm like, you know what? It is so sweet that you're thinking of me. I don't mind that my neck nearly just fell off. <laughs> <laughs> but again, timing's everything. There's, when there's, a chunk in the bank account, yes. I can real flippantly say, hey, that drives me nuts. Could you stop running lights? Yes. And it's like, no big deal. We both laugh. We kiss. We hold hands. Like It's like literally a right. drop in the bucket. Right. But with issues that are either closer to home or if you are already feeling underappreciated yes. maybe and then your spouse lets you know that you aren't. <laughs> I think that's actually a really tough one. When you already feel like you're failing yes. and your spouse knows that you're failing them but they don't see you pulling out of it. And so they give you kind of a nudge in that area. Yeah. That can be really tough to receive. And I I mentioned, I mean, we talk about courageous conversations all the time. This isn't like a solution to everything. But if you cannot get your point through to your partner, do the courageous conversation in, I think that's episode 74. Not I think, you guys. I went and looked it up before this podcast. And if you, I heard from a wife who was like, how do you deal with the criticism that your husband gives you in that conversation feel free to once it's all done again flip the questions around and have your husband ask you hey what's your most pressing issue and have you share maybe why you feel like his criticism is an area that maybe you're working in or you're Mm -hmm. struggling in or you're insecure about you know let him give him more insight into how you're feeling too Mm -hmm. it can go both ways that's right yeah there definitely isn't a one size solution you know one size fits all solution to you know dealing with constructive criticism but i I do think you know being loving being kind-hearted approaching it you know katie and i mentioned this uh a while back picture yourself sitting on the same side of the table Mm -hmm. with the problem out in front of you Mm -hmm. versus sitting on opposite sides of the table with the problem in between you because yeah, I think that's a that, that visual is is crucial. I think that when you're when you're going to address something in your spouse's life that you'd love to see them grow in, approach it as, "Hey, the problem's out here, and I'm standing right next to you, side by side, and we're going to and we're going to address this as a team." It's so easy to look at the issue as Elisha versus me, or me versus Elisha. Yeah. Or what this I is want Elisha's issue. This is yeah, m- exactly. my issue. This yeah. is like the problem with my husband. But you think of it, we are one. When we lash out with the intention, like when we don't do a heart check and our heart is not kindness or love, our heart is to hurt the other person. We're hurting ourselves. Hmm. We're literally we sabotaging ourselves. That's right. And if you're going to, you know, stab the other person with a knife, you're stabbing yourself. That's right. So just really that heart check is so huge. And like Elisha says, we have not always been perfect with this. I've definitely lashed out at Elisha in anger and I have regretted it 
regretted it so much because I felt the hurt when I see him hurting, when I see him frustrated, when I see him like close up or withdraw, I go, well, that's not what I wanted. But like, what did I expect? Just stab him and then have him be like, Katie, you are so right. Give me a big hug. I love you so much. (laughs) No, that's not how it works. (laughs) Yeah. People, people are all about self-love these days. The best way to love yourself is to love your spouse. Yes. So true. And then after all that's done, take a break. Do not keep, you aren't going to rebuild Rome in a day. And if you've criticized your spouse, even constructively or not, take a big old fatty break from giving them more <laughs> helpful <laughs> advice. <laughs> okay, like give time for like things to heal. You know, after you like rototill your garden, grass starts coming up, let the grass get like thick and strong before you go like spray weed killer on it. <laughs> Organic. Yeah. <laughs> is there right. such a thing? Sure there is. Yeah, but you just, if you just keep like, you're going to end up with like a, d- a dust bowl if you just keep grinding on that same, same poor patch of grass. Can you guys hear Leon? Yeah. Leon's done playing by himself. So. <laughs> He's like, okay, guys, this is, <laughs> this is over. It's good timing up. though, because we're, it's time to wrap things up. For yeah, us that was too. my last thing. Yeah, I was, we've, we've, uh, we've, addressed all we've covered all of our points i think that we wanted to cover <laughs> covered all our points yeah this is not at all exhaustive but oh, it's yes. things that we're learning and hopefully i mean i'm glad it's not exhaustive because if we knew everything right now about what about there any- is to criticize or not criticize i mean how uninteresting would that be well how much better would our marriage get you know what i mean like i'm hoping that there's so much stuff we don't know in marriage like tons and tons of stuff yeah. that's how our marriage is going to get better that's right yeah, we just discover more and more areas we can grow, and yeah. m- we get to mine more gold from it. <laughs> Katie, I love you. Thank you for doing this. Oh, I love you. Folks, thank, thank you, you for being a part of this podcast and for listening and contributing with comments and all yeah, those things. Yeah, also, this was a suggested post. Yes. A suggested, uh, yes, what do we su- call these things? Uh Podcast? Podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, suggested podcast by uh, one of you lovely ladies on Instagram. So thanks Thank for you. participating, you yes. guys. When you give us ideas, that's, that's super fun. helpful. It is. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.